0: So pizza gets all the love for being one of those foods that everyone can agree on. Same with tacos or burgers. All for the same reason. It's kind of hard to mess up. Or maybe it's better to say there are so many different varieties and ways to mix it up. There's some kind of version that works for everybody. I'm here today to humbly present chili for your consideration to be added to that list. Increasingly, white meat or even vegetarian options means it's not just for carnivores. You can pour it on top of a hot dog on a bowl of macaroni, let it cook all day in the kitchen, and eat the leftovers for the rest of the week for lunch. It's a staple food when it gets cold out, which here in St. Louis, it's getting cold out. According to the presumed experts at nationalchiliday.com, most historians agree that the earliest recorded chili recipe came from a man named J. C. Klopper who lived near Houston, Texas, but described a particular food he encountered during his visit to San Antonio in 1828. Here's his quote. When they, meaning the poor families of San Antonio, have to lay for their meat in the market, a very little is made to suffice for the family. It is generally cut into a kind of hash with nearly as many peppers as there are pieces of meat. This is all stewed together. Makes sense, right? Now, it doesn't say chili, doesn't use the word, but it sure sounds like it. They say in the 1880s, the San Antonio market started setting up chili stands, bowls of red it was called, costing 10 cents and coming with some bread and a glass of water. It picked up the name chili con carne and those chili stands became a tourist foodie attraction. Today, chili is the state food of Texas. While many of the chili parlors that popped up around the West by the 1920s aren't around anymore, it's been said that these were the type of restaurants that kept people alive during the Great Depression. Chili is cheap. The crackers on top were free. And instead of chili parlors, we have our home kitchens today. Slow cookers and big industrial sized pots full of the stuff we can make and bring to the tailgate, the office party, the competition. Chili might be kinda hard to mess up, but it is special when you find something really good. And that's exactly what you should find when you host a chili cook-off with chefs from St. Louis's top restaurants, which is why we're here today. Today on Abbey Eats St. Louis, we are talking chili with Victoria Palin of Posteria Deli and Wine, Andrew Simon from Edera Italian Eatery, and Jason Tilford from Mission Taco Joint. They're three of the folks who will be at the Full Moon Festival at Schlafly Bottle Works this weekend, serving up their creations special for this event. But first, I gather them for a virtual chili roundtable, if you will, to dish on all things spicy, savory, and chunky. Here's our chat.
1: My name is Andrew Simon, the chef at Adira Italian Eatery at 48 Maryland Plaza.
2: Hi, I'm Victoria Pound, chef here at Pastoria Deli and Wine.
3: Hi, I'm Jason Tilford with Mission Taco Joint, uh, multiple locations, offices in Webster Groves.
0: When we're talking about chili, first off, because these are not necessarily three restaurants where I would say, hey, chili is definitely uh, on the menu or anything like that. So tell me a little bit about how I guess you're approaching your chili recipe for this particular event.
2: Uh, For sure. I I can start. Um, I know Chris and myself uh, are approaching it in a more traditional way. But, uh, you know, I love that chili is going to be the focus here because it's such a versatile meal. So uh, we're going to go on traditional with a little bit of a twist for our chili. So what does that mean? Um, so for our chili, we're going to have your typical like spicy, sweet, smoky, but we're also adding a little bit of a uh, sour element. And uh, for the sweetness, we're using butternut squash. Interesting. Okay.
0: Okay. So a little bit different, a little
2: bit of a twist there. Definitely. Uh, we're just kind of looking for something that everybody it can be, it's approachable, it's familiar, but it's also unique. Yeah.
1: Uh, so yes, yeah, so, you know, the question, you know, what you just said too, as well is that after we got inside this uh, chili cook-off, you know, do Italians really eat chili? And so it can be, but, uh, you know, kind of like we said before is that, you know, uh, you know, starting with the basics and kind of, you know, uh, going outside the box a little more, uh, obviously trying to bring those Italian flavors and flares inside the chili without losing, um, the actual idea of what a chili is. And so, um, you know, what we're doing is we're doing, you know, how can I say this, uh, two ingredients that we're using for our chili would be almost like preserved lime and we're going to be using the So it's Ooh. kind of a little different, but at the same time as our game is to stay on topic. So when someone eats it, it actually tastes and thinks of chili not so much of something else. So,
0: yeah, that's interesting. Cause how is it difficult then to kind of figure out a way to do it and make it your own and uh, fit in with these Italian flavors, but also make it still by definition chili.
1: Yeah. I mean, it can be tough. I mean, we made it, we made a trial run yesterday and I was actually, I was actually surprised that actually thinking of the flavors we were using my course, but it actually meld well and be actually chili. And so just staying with the basic steps, you should kind of turn out as a uh, somewhat of a good chili.
0: And Jason, I'd be interested in what you guys are doing because, you know, of course there is that like Mexican flair that is, that is chili. So what are you guys doing for yours?
3: Yeah. So we actually did a recipe where we actually won this competition like eight years in a row, more traditional. And I got with the guys and we were trying to figure out if we we're going to do that one again. And they all said, no, let's do something new. <laughs> huh. So we're doing something new. Um, we're going to do like a, a chili verde, like a, kind of a new Mexican style dish. It's, um, with chicken instead of pork though. And, uh, it's going kind to of have chicken stock, roasted tomatillos, um, white beans, some epizote. It's got a little tang. It's uh, we made a test batch today actually for lunch and, uh, it turned out really good, but yeah, definitely a not traditional chili. So chili with an E instead of an I at the end.
0: <laughs> with all of you guys, you're, you're food people. I mean, you don't have to be a food person, though, to just try your hand at chili. And I think that's one of the things that's interesting about it for so many people is you know what your basics are. You know what you're cracking open cans of or you're ro- putting the meat in and things like that. But then it can get a little funky. People experiment all the time with everything from <laughs> mustard to beer to everything in between. So tell me a little bit about how you all go about adventuring and figuring out what's going to go into a chili, whether you're cooking for the restaurant, for other people, or just for yourselves at home.
2: So typically, whenever I'm making chili at home for my friends, the first thing I do is I like to look in my fridge and see what ingredient can I use that um, may be something that uh, I'm going to be out soon, it's a really good way to reduce waste in my home. So I start from there and kind of build my recipe, whether I'm going to go with a more traditional route as far as spices, or if I'm going to play a little bit more and maybe add in some different kind of peppers or a different kind of dried bean um, or different kind of ground meat. Um, so it's really great to just kind of I'd like to just start with like, what's in my fridge, what can go in the pot, what's going to go well together and go from there.
0: I love that, especially as a way to reduce food waste. And, you mm-hmm. know, so often too, those things just tend to go together. And if you only have a small handful, it can work in a chili, whereas it might not work in other recipes, for example. So Right.
2: Yeah, exactly. And it gives you a little bit better of a plat- kind of allows you to I think chili is really forgiving and where you may be able to uh, make a mistake and adjust. Um, So it's really good, I think too, for beginners to kind of play around flavors, different kinds of fusions and things like that.
0: How about you, Jason?
3: I mean, I think making chili is fun because it kind of, you know, we all have our ingredients. We initially grab and just, you know, gravitate towards, but then with the amount of ingredients that end up in it usually, it's like a balance game to get like, you know, I, well, let's add this ingredient, but I don't want to taste it too much. Like get it right to where you can taste it and then that's it. And uh, then you have like, you know, 15, 20 ingredients in it. And you're all you're like, man, it just all
1: blends together. And then you let it sit for a little bit and then. Uh, definitely balance the balance game of, of making sure you have that, that salty, sweet, spicy, you know, acidic, the whole nine yards. And so. Uh, And chilies, uh, it opens up more after it cooks for a period of time. So I just want to agree with, with with Victoria and Chris, they both, what they both said about, uh, balancing and what you have in your fridge. And so I, 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 kudos to those two for their, uh, their actual chili baking. (laughs)
2: Thank you.
0: (laughs) Well, I'll ask you this then, because I'm thinking back about a time where my mother, who's not a great cook at all, um, Mm -hmm. made this really good batch of chili and we were all really excited about it. Mm -hmm. But of course you run into that issue, which is, can you make it again? Because so much of it is just blending things together. Mm -hmm. And of course she couldn't. So how do you, how do you go from that kind of research and development process in a recipe, uh, just trying to see what works to then being able to scale it up and bring it to a competition like this, Andrew?
1: Uh, that's a good question because we made a batch last night. Tried it; was decent. We obviously improvements, but you know we didn't really write recipes down. We just kind of know what the steps and processes we did. Um, it's it's kind of tough, and, and I think it fluctuates too as how big of a batch you're making. If you're making a small batch for yourself, are you making it for five or six people? And so, uh, with that being said, you know I think you have to stick with when I say basics, not so much the basics of how just making a basic chili, but the basic steps of. You Know when you cook off your meats and you bring them out, you render down your you know, you sweat down your aromatics and your all your all your good stuff and bringing your your proper flavors of what kind of stock you're using and if you're adding acid and stuff like that. So, you know, it's, it's I guess it maybe didn't really answer the question, but I guess it's just basically going back to the feel of 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 when you made your your first chili and just sticking with the steps and the procedures you've done. So, how can I say this? Myself, we'll make recipes, we do recipes for everything for the restaurants, uh, for the most part. Uh, but two is that sometimes when you're just cooking chili, it's it's mostly with love. It's it's just with love and flavor. And so, uh, rest of you might not really do the justice of the actual cooking yourself.
0: I'm seeing a lot of nodding and agreement. So it sounds like yeah. you guys both, Jason and Victoria, have a similar process and uh, method to go about with all this.
1: I mean, just like Victoria said, forgiveness. It's it's it's. You're simmering this, this beautiful, this pot of, of goodness, just simmering it down to, you know, expel all the flavors of what you've done or whatnot. So that there can be a lot of tweaking and fixing, you know, just because it's spicy one time might be able to muddle that down and be able to make that more balanced. So it's just all depends. pens. So
3: yeah. like she
1: said before, chili is very forgiving. Yeah.
3: I think it's, I think one thing you say instead of a recipe, it's more like an ingredient list, you know, mm-hmm. I, I yeah.
2: here,
3: here's My this is our ingredient list right here for the chili. There's no numbers by any of us, no, no numbers. <laughs> I was going to say, any should
0: any. I screenshot that?
3: <laughs> Some method stuff: how we cook the chicken and made the stock and then just stuff we're throwing in it, but there's no numbers, there's no measurements. It's just how much looks right, balance it out.
2: Yeah, I would definitely agree. I know our recipe isn't necessarily written down uh, with numbers either. We definitely just have our steps and processes done. Um, because we're using uh, fresh local chilies, the spiciness level is different from harvest to harvest. Yeah. So it's all about tasting and making sure that it's, it's close to the original badge that we've all agreed upon and tested.
1: Writing on recipes does get very boring Of following duplicate of the same things. And just because you don't follow that one recipe, you actually, I always sometimes, a mistake. It's not always a mistake. You actually might find a better outlet. Uh, of, of doing something different. So you might follow the same ingredients, but you might add a little more of this, a little more of that this time. And you actually might mm-hmm. find a better outlet of, or better quality of the product or better flavor when you're actually doing something different. So it's it's sometimes it's always a bad thing when you don't have a recipe.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yep, I think that's one thing that a lot of chefs share is the good gut instinct when it comes to flavors.
3: Sometimes it's easy to make a big batch, especially with chili, because it's just like, you know, you're, you're constantly adding stuff to it. So It's kind Mm -hmm. of interesting that it is hard though with salt because you're adding so much salt because it's such a big batch. Like there's been times where I said, hey, dude, I think this needs more salt, but I can't physically put it in there because I put too much in there already. I need you to put it in. It just is weird because it's like you just can't, especially when you're starting with your own stock, you know, and Mm -hmm. there's no salt in it. And it's just like, man, I feel like I put a ton of salt in this, but it needs more. It's kind of fun.
0: Like we said before, you know, chili is not a typical thing that's on the menu for any of you all, but it is something that it sounds like is a bit of a creative exercise. Is it that kind of an experimental for fun thing almost for you all considering that you spend most of your days doing things that are a lot more precise in many cases, more fine dining or just something that you do have to be thinking a lot more about consistency?
2: I'll just kind of throw that out there. I would definitely say so. It's definitely a, like a good, the one thing I really like about being a chef is having those creative outlets, you know, whether it's doing it at home or doing it for a competition, I really enjoy the practice of doing the same thing every day for the restaurant that I worked for, but having this ability to kind of uh, shoot from the hip almost and uh, experiment is definitely one of the main things that keeps me passionate for sure.
1: I think to add to what Victoria says too as well is that my wife always always telling me is that um, when people are trying to tell you what to cook, uh, it can be very difficult. Uh, And so when having a chance to experiment and doing fun things, uh, it's almost like feeding your soul. Uh, Mm
2: -hmm. I
1: feel like when I come into work each day and you do the exact same thing every while, it's almost like insanity. But to a point is that when you get to play around with things, uh, you're feeding your soul uh, of, of doing these experiments. You're not just basically coming in and staring through the same cutting board doing the exact same thing of chopping chipolini or garlic, but at the same time as you're feeding your soul when you're having these experiments. And so that's a huge thing for myself is experimenting is feeding my soul mistakes are not mistakes. You're feeding your soul. Yeah.
0: It's inspirational. That's
3: chili that silly is inspirational. <laughs> 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 I mean, you know, kind of like what they said is just, you know, the daily routine is one thing, but it's almost like a, a, a special, you know, to come up with your recipe for chili making it. Um, and you know, like it's, it is passion. It's, you know, I want, you start with how you want it to taste in your head and then you have to add all these ingredients to get to what you already had a picture in your head. And right. then you just can't stop until it gets there. You know, you know you want to have that little bit of heat on the back of your tongue. So you got to get it in there. You want that spice, and the, the, the sour at the beginning. And you know, you, and you just don't stop until all that stuff that you pictured is in there. It's almost yeah. like, art or something i don't know it's it's fun <laughs> no it's yeah. art yeah it's art yeah it's satisfying internally satisfying Definitely. for
0: sure my last question we can kind of do a little rapid fire and i'll start with jason because he already was tempted to show us uh, his whole list of ingredients here do you have any <laughs> favorite ingredient or favorite I don't want to call it secret ingredient because I'm asking you about it right now. But for people who are whipping up chili this weekend at home, um, whether it's an ingredient or a tip on something that you think maybe a lot of people don't do properly or just, you know, your word to the wise for folks, all of us who are going to be making chili at home this cold weather season.
3: I mean, I like, I don't ever use like chili powder. It's called chili powder. And I always use like different chilies to get to that chili powder, like anchos and guajillos and pasillas, chipotles, And I kind of create my own chili powder, so to speak. And it's always more Mexican, obviously, than, you know, regular chili powder in the store. So, you know, I like to use that dried chilies. Um, It's just for me, I love the depth of flavor and the earthiness of it. And then you can play off of that um but yeah that's how i usually go about it and and then mexican chocolate it adds a little cinnamon but it adds that sweetness and it's delicious um so as
2: far as a tip i know one thing i really hate in my chili is an overcooked bean so i try to stay away from the canned beans because uh most of the time it's pretty mushy for me um i like to cook my beans in some sort of stock whether that's vegetable or chicken to add another layer of flavor um, I am, agree with Jason wholeheartedly here. We're not using ch- chili powder in our chili either. We're using multiple different kinds of chilies in ours, uh, to kind of get that chili flavor. And, um, we are just going with a ground Turkey recipe. So I really like ground Turkey for ours, um, and for chili at home. That way you don't get that greasy, uh, film on the top uh it's a lighter meat so it's not quite as heavy and then we're finishing it up with a little bit more flavor with the ricotta and chicken bouillon flavored croutons on top so all of those things are easy to work at with home um and I think something with uh that's a little bit more approachable um for the chili cook off so we're really really excited to debut it to everybody
0: I hope you guys are excited to be able to sample the stuff that you're all making, like try each other's stuff. Oh I got to imagine that's a fun Absolutely. aspect of this for you guys. Oh, Absolutely. I
3: cannot
2: wait.
0: All right, so you can catch those chefs plus some others at this weekend's Schlafly's Full Noon Festival. It's an annual event that is back at the Schlafly Bottle Works. That's the Maplewood location happening on Saturday again november 6th from 4 to 10 o'clock and dory in in the podcast Mm -hmm. now with dory it's exciting to be talking about events like this again yes so fun and you know chili cook-offs we have them all the time but this particular one is interesting because it celebrates the hunter's full moon Mm. so it does have that kind of festival vibe of course like always at schlafly you get the seasonal beers they'll have roasted pigs from local farmers bonfires, live music, and, of course, that chili cook-off. So the festival is free to attend. Um, there will be food and drink available for purchase, and you can purchase a chili cook-off ticket to receive samples of all five of those chili recipes, and then you get to cast a ballot for your favorite. So along with Victoria and Chris from Pastaria, you'll have Ty Davis from Hungry Planet, which is mm. interesting. I'm, they'll have a meatless mm-hmm. option there. Andrew from Idera, which he pronounced it Idera, so I'm like, okay, that's how we okay. pronounce it now. Perfect. Now we know. (laughs) Yeah, Jason from Mission Taco and Christian from Taco Circus. So I'll be really excited to see how the Mission Taco versus Taco Circus Mm -hmm. chilies do. So pretty interesting there. And we also have another chili cook-off happen. If you just, like, really want to stuff yourself with chili this weekend, we'll have another one to tell you about in the Weekend Planner in just a few minutes. But first, Dory, we got some food news to go through. And this is a short but sweet, literally, happy food food
4: news roundup. Yes. Love to bring the happy news to you all. So if you remember last week, we did lead off with some bad news with Taste by Niche closing in the Central West End. Well, this week we've got an opening. Bowood by Niche is coming to the Central West End. Gerard Kraft plans to open this new restaurant inside the Bowood Farms Home and Garden Shop this week. It's moving into the space that was vacated by Cafe Osage a whole year ago. Wow, yeah. Um, they're going to start with breakfast, brunch, and lunch with a focus on salads, sandwiches, and vegetarian options. They're planning to expand to dinner probably early next year. That place, just take all my money. I mean, (laughs) my goodness, especially
0: for this time of year, too, because it'll be a great reason to bring people back into the garden center. Love their selection of plants, but also great gifts. They have the shop Holiday right across the street, which is a good place to go shopping. So you can do a little bit of all of that and get some good food again, Mm -hmm. finally, because it'll be nice to see that
4: restaurant space up and going again. And a little rebound for Joy Craft. Exactly. Good to hear. Um, Well, how about this next one? I think you're excited about it. I am. I think we all are. Clementine's is rolling out a flavor with Andy Cohen. Talk about a big St. Louis collab, right? So they're partnering with the St. Louis Native for a holiday-inspired ice cream flavor, Peppermint Andy. Cute. Super cute. It's a peppermint chocolate flavor that also, while that sounds really good, Mm -hmm. it also benefits a great organization. They're going to work with um, donating money to the local nonprofit Doorways, which provides housing and support services for people who are affected by HIV and AIDS. Cool. Very nice partnership there. Cohen said that he loves supporting them any chance he gets and that his mom has been involved with them since he came out in
0: 1989. Oh, the no. warm
4: fuzzies.
0: Doing good stuff. Uh, you got to love Andy Cohen. Like yep. I don't I haven't watched the Real Housewives in years, but like I just love how he stands up for St. Louis so often and he's just such a like happy dude and brings like, positivity in mm-hmm. the conversation about St. Louis. And I bet you peppermint Andy is going to be a really delicious flavor too because I have yet to try Anything from Clementine's that wasn't exactly. just good and a little different,
4: too. Yes. Even if peppermint's not normally your thing. Mm-hmm. Perfect for the holidays. Imagine putting that in some hot cocoa.
0: That's exactly what I was going to say, to Yes.
4: Wow. We're vibing. Oh
0: Well, let's see if we're <laughs> vibing on the best things we've had to eat this week. What direction are you taking this?
4: All right. Well, I'm taking us out of St. Louis for this one a little bit. Okay, so, um So my husband and I ordered, we get a taste for Baltimore, obviously. Yes, a you lot, do. Our old home. Uh, we ordered a... A whole pack of crab-related food things from our favorite crab cake place in Baltimore. So Jimmy's Seafood, Jimmy's Famous Seafood. The variety pack had obviously crab cakes, which were amazing. Uh, A couple different soups that were great and a crab dip, which was fantastic. But this time I also added in dessert, which Mm. I did not do the last time. A nice big old Smith Island cake. What's that? So you haven't heard of that. It's a tall cake. It's about maybe eight inches tall or so okay it has eight layer or seven layers in it
0: oh my gosh yes. and they delivered that to they you? delivered it wow so
4: they're really thin layers super thin maybe like a couple centimeters I don't know um but it's a yellow cake with chocolate icing Ooh. all the way up and it's so like it's between the layers between each layer yeah that sounds good it was so moist and ju- <laughs> I want to say juicy for a cake but It was just so flavorful and good, and we still have, like, one tiny little piece left in the fridge, and it's been tempting me. You're doing that thing Mm -hmm. where you are already anticipating
0: the sadness you'll feel when it's gone, so Mm -hmm. you're trying to, like, just don't do the thing that I do, which is then – not eat it and it goes back. and it goes back. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you got to take take it and it's called a smith smith cake? island cake smith island cake is smith island a place it is a place in maryland huh. and that's where they're famous and it's a big thing out there on the east coast maybe you need to talk to tamara about getting a smith island cake ice cream flavor Ooh. at clementine's Ooh. Okay,
0: we'll get on it. We know we know people. Yeah. <laughs> Mine is a very much different direction then because I'm keeping it as St. Louis as it gets. So <laughs> and it also happens to be germane to this episode because we made chili this weekend. Nice. And it was ahead of the Central West End Halloween festivities. I had my whole family over ahead of the dog parade. Mm-hmm. And I've gotta gotta mention this in here. Please. The dogs won the costume contest. Yes, I'm so excited. I'm still not over it. I'm so proud. <laughs> I'm still not over it. So I don't remember if I said what they were gonna be on the not on the last week. not on okay. the podcast. So, they were Doge coins. Mm-hmm. And so, if you are familiar with the uh, Bitcoin craze of, I believe, the summertime, it was the one that Elon Musk kind of got into, and mm-hmm. everybody was really excited when he hosted SNL that Dogecoin was going to take off. And Doge is this meme of the Shiba Inu dog who's kind of casting like a sidelong glance, yeah. like skeptical. So, people either, and I just, you know, we made Doge coins to like hang off the dogs, mm-hmm. and people either understood it or they did not. They understood <laughs> it and were laughing. Or we're like, What do you on? what is your dog? But luckily the judges won because they are the funniest dogs in Saint Louis. Not I, funniest costume, they are the funniest dogs in Saint Louis. I believe that. Yeah. They're great comedic timing. They me, they me and Ronnie yeah, just Yeah, me and Ronnie have excellent physical comedy. Um what else? They they're very witty. Witty. So. Yes, exactly. Anyway, before <laughs> all of that, made a big batch of chili. Used some of the rest some of the tips we got from it, that panel by the way just now adding the fresh peppers and mm-hmm, things like mm-hmm. that. Um but the thing that really like made it for me was last week at work they gave us um some fun treats from old vienna Mm -hmm. and i use the red hot corn chips on top of the chili and so they're basically like the ones that are like fritos but red hot riplets fritos Mm -hmm. and that on top of chili is a game changer and i never want to eat chili without it on top again that's like a big handful oh so good with some onion, fresh chopped onions, a little cheese, and then just a bunch of those. Mm. Oh, that sounds so good. Yeah, or like a walking taco with that. Yes. Yeah, these would be really good. So really, the the it's the chili was the vehicle, but the red hot riblets corn chips. Red Hot Corn Chips, I guess, as they're technically called, from Old Vienna. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hadn't had them in a while, and man, they were good. And nice. that bag is very much gone already, so <laughs> really good. Okay, so this weekend, um, we are talking about the first full weekend of November. Or the first weekend of November, yeah. yeah. Actually, yep. November 5th through 7th, and just because it's cooling off a little bit, The events around St. Louis are not. So we've got some fun things to let you guys know about, including the last peak of fall foliage,
4: according to our meteorologist, right, Dory? Yes. So yeah, this should be the last time you can get out there and really enjoy those fall colors. A great way to do that is by going to Tower Grove and their farmer's market this Saturday. It's going to be their last regular season market of the year in the park. So a little bit of a catch with that. They're going to have a couple other farmer's markets on the calendar the rest of this month. But they're going to be a little bit different and in mm-hmm. some in different locations. So, head on out to Tower Grove from eight to twelve thirty Saturday. Um, you can just take in all of those seasonal things, get some fresh food for chili um and just really enjoy the the fall foliage out there that sounds a really good way to start your weekend and
0: then um you can keep it going with the Cherokee Street Jazz Crawl this is always a fun event I just like like seeing that this happens in St. Louis Mm -hmm. the Jazz Crawl on Cherokee Street is back for its ninth year it's a day-long thing so you can Come by whenever from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Local music, different dance styles will take place inside of some of those amazing bars along Cherokee Street, the restaurants, their shops. If you haven't been around Cherokee for a while, it's worth a visit. And this is a great excuse to do that and listen to some good
4: music as well. And then for your plans Saturday night, we've got Lau Meyer After Dark. The mm. Sculpture Park is staying open until 10 p.m. So you can see what all of those works of art look like at night the free event starts at four and it features a scavenger hunt an art installation live music fire pits food vendors a night market and a lot more a couple notes on this one pets are not allowed and they're recommending you bring flashlights.
0: That I don't think I've ever heard of an event that recommends bringing flashlights. Yeah, that's kind of cool. What about
4: headlamps? I have a headlamp I like to use. That's this. intense, but probably good. Yeah, I won't bring my tent. Don't <laughs> worry.
0: <laughs> um, also, as a reminder, Schlafly's Full Moon Festival with that chili cook-off and so much more is happening on Saturday. If that's just not enough, though, and you need to keep it going, or if you're not available, you want to, you know, Saturday we just gave you a lot of options. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for another chili cook-off on Sunday, Alpha Brewing Company is having their 8th annual chili cook-off. This one's starting at 2 o'clock. Tickets are required, but that one gets you -you all-you-can-eat chili from 10 area bars and restaurants. Proof of vaccination is required at this one. Mm -hmm. So you can just like go all in and just like dive into the chili practically in a safe covid COVID friendly way. That's how it works, right? Yes, exactly. Just kidding. Don't take that advice.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Dory, I mean, this is a lot, but there's even more in our episode notes. We do have some fall events listed on our um, website that we can link to. So if you guys need something else to get going to or some food options that are kind of fall centric, we got you covered. I love it. It is fall in St. Louis.
1: Ooh la la Ooh la la Ooh la la
0: Abby Eat St. Louis is a five on your side production. I'm Abby Larico. And I'm Dory Olmos. Special thanks to, let's see, oh, Lauren Shelley. I wanted to give a shout out to our friend Lauren Shelley for helping wrangle that conversation and yes. our chili cook-off round table if you will make sure you subscribe to our podcast leave us a rating and a review as well we love to hear from you also on our instagram we're at abby eats st louis hit us up in our dms we don't mind have a fantastic chilly weekend C H I L I. (laughs) bundle up and seize the plate